Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Commitment Matters. We sure appreciate your listening, and we're very glad you're here. Erica Peterson from October Research is here with us today to talk about the results of the Voice of the Title Agent survey. It's that time of year again, and you're going to want to get caught up on the latest impressions of your peers in the marketplace. You'll no doubt hear some information that you'd expect to, and there might be a few things that are surprising. If you don't know Erica, she is the editor of the Title Report. The Title Report is an independent source for up-to-the-minute, nationwide reporting on title insurance, settlement services, e-commerce and title technology, real estate market trends, ratings actions and earnings reports, mergers and acquisitions, niche markets, and competitive business strategies. During this episode, Erica talks about what's happening in shops around the nation with regard to e-closings and cybersecurity, as well as market expectations for the coming year. She also reviews predictions about the future of regulation by the CFPB under Director Chopra, data privacy, and the conversion over from emergency orders put in place at the start of the pandemic toward more permanent legislation. It's always a good idea to know what's top of mind for your competitors and peers. And so with the goal of helping you distill the data, please enjoy my conversation with the thoughtful and interesting editor of the title report, Erica Peterson. Hi, Erica. Welcome to Commitment Matters. Thank you so much. I am so glad that I'm here and I get a chance to speak about one of my favorite projects. So thank you. It's hard to believe it's been a year since we last talked about the Voice of the Title Agent survey. But in case we have some listeners who either didn't hear that episode or just aren't familiar with the publication, can you remind us what the Voice of the Title Agent survey is, what its intention is, how many serve it? Just kind of give us the background on that, would you? So it is an annual survey that we do every February. And then I get to spend all March going through all the information to put that report all together. And really what it is, is is it sort of gives us some great information from boots on the ground. I mean, I can sit here and I can think I know what's happening in the title industry, but the survey really gives us a chance to take a look at the industry through the eyes of those who are working there. We asked them how their business was in the past year, what they're expecting this year, what they expect their best opportunities to be, what some of their biggest worries are. And we talk a lot about tech, what tools they can't live without, and what tools they're excited about getting their hands on. We talk about their relationships with other players in the industries. And then we also talk a lot about cybersecurity, wire fraud, all those sorts of protocols. And we ask them a lot about compliance and regulation and what their thoughts are on that, too. So basically, a nice overview of everything that they are experiencing in the industry. Well, and you touched on one of my favorite aspects of it because we're out in the market, we're experiencing things, and we either feel it. If we've been around the the industry a long time, you could just feel it is, or you get to have the conversations about what's going on. But Anytime you start to talk to, especially a regulator, and you relate these things, they say, well, that's anecdotal. We need the data, right? But they put no stock in any of that kind of thing. And I think it's also true. If you're sitting in your market, you know what you're experiencing as an agent, but you go, 
you wonder, is this just in my market? Is this going on universally? And so it really helps to have this data set to not only take to other stakeholders that you're trying to engage on some of these issues, but also to see how much of an inlier or outlier your operation really is. That comparative feature is also really interesting. I don't know if agents have told you some other creative ways they are using the information provided in here, or are those kind of the two main uses of it? What do you hear about that? Sure. And I think what's great too is that, so this is our 12th survey. So not only are we getting to compare things happening now from market to market and agency to agency, but we've got all of that data. So we can really start charting trends, see what's growing, see what's changed. So I think that's been a very big help for us too. We talk about, okay, it seems like things are changing, but again, we can actually see the data and see, wow, there's a big change from five years ago, from 10 years ago until now. So I think that's a big help as well. Yeah, those trend lines start to really emerge and it's not as subjective anymore, right? It's, oh yes, I can see it was whatever X question was, it was 5% 10 years ago and now it's 35%. That's, you know, you can really start to measure that change, those deltas. In this current edition, I'm going to guess that there were some things that weren't surprising for you, but you got to see it quantified. And then there were probably some surprises too. So what has really struck you as the results from, and this was a 2021 survey year period, right? And it's published this year. Exactly. Yes. It's our 2022 report, which takes a look back at 2021. Okay. So what kinds of things did you expect to see and what kind of things surprised you? Well, I can tell you one of the things that sort of surprised me in a way is certainly I was expecting to see this year, especially in light of the coronavirus and how the pandemic sort of shoved everybody into a lot more of a virtual world. I was expecting to see an uptick in things like e-closings and other digital tools, but I was surprised by how huge that jump was. For an example, we asked our survey respondents how prepared they are to handle e-closings. And about half, 47% said, I'm already doing e-closings, which I thought sounded about right. But then when I took a look back, In 2020, we only had one in five. We only had about 21%. And then go back five years to 2017, we only had 15%. So just in five years, that jump as to who is able to actually do them, that did surprise me. I was not expecting that huge of a jump. Yeah, and interesting time periods too, because you would have thought, okay, the virus was upon us in March of 2020. And so you'd expect to see that big jump in 2020. And you saw some uptick, but the real jump came in 2021. Isn't that interesting? Exactly. And though too, one thing I really like about our survey is we do ask the questions, yes or no, but then we've got a space for comments so people can sort of elaborate or sort of explain things. And I think that's really helpful because I think we've got to take all of these Uh, results in context. Just because somebody is able to, just because somebody can do e-closings, doesn't mean that they're doing that on a daily basis, right? We heard from a fair amount of people who said, I'm all set to go, I can do this, but my lenders aren't, so I can't, or my state isn't, or some of my state is, but my county isn't. So 
it kind of puts it into context that just because I can do something, just because I've done all the work and I can do it, it doesn't mean that I am able to because of outside influences. Well, right. And I love that you guys put some of those freeform comments into the report because it does, it gives you all that context. It gives you all that color. Or maybe as an agent, you're reading that you're in the largest percentile of something. But as you read those comments, oh, your circumstance may be completely different than somebody else's why, but yet you find yourself at the same point. So it can be a little bit of a foreshadowing or what else is going on, or I didn't think about it that way aspect to it that sort of brings that data to life even more, I think. Exactly. And again, too, you know, I can write about what I'm seeing, but to hear it come directly from somebody who is working in that industry day in and day out, I think that carries a whole lot of weight. Mm-hmm. What else did you see that either surprised you or is, was right in line with what you thought it would be? Well, another thing that I was initially surprised about, and again, though, once I dug a little bit deeper, so, I mean, I don't think I have to tell anybody that cybersecurity and wire fraud and all of that is top of mind. And I certainly expected to see that. So we ask a question, what your biggest concern is for the next year? And there was a 20 percentage point drop from last year from, I guess it would have been from 2019 to 2020. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound right. I was sort of surprised to see that until, as I said, I started digging a little deeper. One, we had a lot of comments from people who said, well, I think that the title space hasn't responded well. I think we've got the protocols. I think we've got the education. I think that we've done a lot. It's some of the other players. Maybe it's brokerages, or maybe it's the realtors, or maybe it's the lenders who maybe don't have as strong protocols. But then the other piece was when I looked at, okay, so cyber threats dropped as far as what the biggest concern is. Well, the economy and what's going to happen in the market shot way up. And that became our number one concern. So that helped me realize in context, okay, it's not that I'm not concerned about cybersecurity. It's that I'm a lot more focused on what's going to happen in the market. So that helped me realize, I don't know that it's not as big of a concern as it was. It's just that now we have a bigger concern, which everybody is trying to figure out what's going to happen with the market and when. Well, and I think we know refis are, well, they're already coming down. They're going to be kind of non-existent for a while. Usually, though, we can say, all right, that means residential is going to pick up even higher and or commercial is going to pick up even higher. But I think a lot of the reasons for this new uncertainty is nobody knows where the next sort of green shoot is going to come from because inventory and housing and supply chain is has our resale and new construction models all kind of messed up. Commercial is in whatever mystery state it is in. And so people have to, it sounds like they're saying, yes, we're still worried about cybersecurity issues for the deals we have, We're trying to figure out what we're going to be eating (laughs) in a quarter or two or three. I know all the underwriters are kind of sharing some concerns about that, too. Have you had people indicate where they think the next chunk of activity is going to come from? That's what the million-dollar question is, right? Everyone is trying to figure that out. Certainly, some markets have a stronger residential, stronger commercial. I'm hearing some markets are even having stronger in the sort of like agricultural. Uh, So 
I think it's hard to come up with what is the next big thing. And I think that's why it is so top of mind for everybody, because it's hard to plan. And yes, I mean, I'm already getting every day now, more and more lenders are laying off mortgage sections, right? Because the refi is definitely going down. So I think we know what's going down, but I think that's what the excellent question is, is what is going to be the next big mover? I wish I had a crystal ball. (laughs) Well, you could do real well with futures if you did. And related to that reality, I was very interested in, in the results in the Voice of the Title Agent report about how many have at least thought about or entertained or are underway with mergers and acquisitions that I'm assuming you figure those correlate, but were you surprised by that? Just want to give people a little bit of preview of what the survey shows about that. I think that the survey reflects what I have been reporting on is definitely that uptick in consolidating. The numbers of those who have merged or acquired or sold a business in the past five years have been steadily rising. I mean, it's not a huge shoot, but it's been a steady rise. And I mean, I can definitely tell, I don't think a week has gone by since I have been here that I have not done at least one story on a merger or an acquisition. It is happening in the industry a lot. So I wasn't surprised by that, but I thought it definitely mirrored what I'm seeing. And then not only that, but the number of agencies who've either partnered, something along those lines, have like doubled in the past five years. So we're definitely seeing the results match what we're hearing about in the industry. That's going to lead me to the next kind of area of questions. How much regulatory scrutiny, both federal and state, bubbled up in the report and what people are thinking there? Sure. Well, that was definitely a reason why we added that question this year. We don't ask about regulatory concerns every year, but we definitely did this year with the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau director in place. And we had been hearing, again, anecdotally, all sorts of things about what people thought about that. So we asked if our title agents expected increased regulatory scrutiny. And the answer was, uh (laughs) uh-huh. It was a resounding yes. I would say right around half said that they expect more scrutiny from both the CFPB and state regulators. And then about a quarter just from the CFPB and what, right around 15% just from the states. And I think that's something to keep in mind is certainly federally, but there's a lot of differences state to state too. Some states are very involved and have very deep oversight. And there are others who told us that they haven't been noticing anything. So it's hard sometimes to get a picture of what is happening in the industry because it is so separate. It is so different state to state. I think industry-wide, there's an expectation of heavier scrutiny as far as our regulatory concerns. Well, yes. And there are so many ancillary issues going on also at the federal and state level. You know, federally, We have incrementally a key question being continually deliberated through the courts of what administrative state powers really should be or shouldn't be, which has the potential to sort of resort everything. A lot to do with the CFPB, but other agencies as well. So that's kind of slowly making its way through the courts on that side of things. The states, a lot of them are grappling 
you hear the conversation usually in different corridors, like COVID protocols, for example, or elections during COVID protocols. But all encompassed in those questions are what happened by emergency order? Was that legal? Was it extra legal? And then if we put everything back to the way it was pre-pandemic, what happens to the transactions, whether those be votes or real estate transactions that were done virtually, what happens to those sets of things? Are they just sort of sequestered off and treated as anomalies? Or in the case of, for example, some federal courts have come in now and they've been doing virtual courts for two years, which there was no provision for. So in some courts, we're seeing them now come back and say, by the way, everything we've done for the last two years electronically, we are making legal retroactively. So because we're not going to re-adjudicate all this stuff. So there are a lot of discussions going on around different topics that could very much impact what we do and how the real estate market flows and lending and, and all kinds of things. So I, I would imagine that what people are sensing is we do expect greater oversight and greater scrutiny on maybe some of the things that we've done over the last two years to keep the economic engines flowing. And I think a lot of people sense that we're not sure how a lot of these questions are going to get panned out because they are being asked from so many different perspectives. You have to kind of stitch them all together and watch to see if a theme emerges, which probably hasn't yet. I don't know what you think about that and what you've experienced, if anything, along those lines. But I'm watching closely. I can tell you that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. We are entering uncharted waters here. The industry did a whole lot of advancements and did a whole lot of temporary things in order to keep business going. But now that we have a chance to catch our breath, yeah, what is going to happen when people go back and take a look at what happened in the past? Is that still going to hold? Are we still going to be okay with that? Something that came up in the survey a lot was regarding remote online notarization, because certainly... There were plenty of states who temporarily allowed it in order for business to go forward. And now they're sort of at this point, well, is this something that we can keep doing? Is this going to stop? How long? I know some states are trying to, or some in the industry are hoping some states make it permanent. And sometimes it's happening and sometimes it isn't. I think that was one thing that definitely popped up in the survey that I could see some people saying that Ron has become this very important tool for our job and others saying, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's not something I can rely on because I don't know if I'm going to continue being able to do it. So you're right. We showed that we could keep business going. But then as we get back to some sort of a normal, how many of those things we're going to continue to be able to do is such an unknown. It is an unknown. Yeah. And then when you add to it the additional vetting and requirement oversights by lenders are requiring it or other third-party service providers, how nervous are people about an increased oversight in vetting those requirements? Or do they feel that that's kind of at the level that it's going to remain at? Yeah, I think generally there wasn't too much concern that it seems like it's not changing a whole lot. I think there were some new things introduced as far as the pandemic. But overall, I think the sense was, yeah, this is not something that is changing a whole lot or that is any bigger of a concern than it has been. 
Well, this is just a sneak preview of all of the interesting data that has been captured in this year's Voice of the Title Agent survey. Another great thing about it is you invite readers of the survey to contact you to let them let you know what they would like to see covered by October Research throughout the year and also see in this survey. So if you would just let people know what sort of things they can ask you about maybe and how to reach you. Sure. Yes, that is something that I enjoy about the survey too, that, you know, not only is it giving us this data of what's happening now and that we can compare to what's in the past, but we ask people to write what they would like to see the title report cover. And I mean, we get hundreds and hundreds of answers and I wanted people to know that somebody is reading them all. I am going over them all and it really does help me direct my editorial coverage going forward. I mean, like just as a uh, recent example, so staffing concerns is definitely another thing that we have seen is a constant and it was the second most cited concern. And then also when I asked people to tell me what they wanted to hear about over and over again, people said, how do I retain the talent I have and how do I recruit fresh talent? So we just had a report come out called Best Practices. Basically, each editor at October Research wrote a story. And so I used Voice of the Title Agent to help me come up with my idea, which was talent retention. So I talked to some people in the industry to say, tell me what your best practices are for keeping people happy, keeping people here. I mean, that was uh, certainly a blessing to have the historic housing market that we had. But I heard again and again that title agencies were having a hard time keeping up. So how do I keep the people who I have? And so I just wanted to share. So if people wonder if everyone is reading everything they write in that survey, they certainly are. And I'm grateful for it because I want the title report to cover what is top of mind in the industry. Well, we appreciate you always being out there for us. And I love that we can ask a question or say, hey, this is on my mind. And you'll go down the rabbit hole and find the answers for us. That's a really helpful service. So where can people find the voice of the title agent if they don't already have it or the best practices? Doc, how do people get a hold of these great resources? Sure. So if you go to the titlereport.com, you'll see a little section called Special Reports up top. And there you can get best practices and there you can get voice of the title agent. Or if you don't want to have to go clicking around on menus, if you go to the titlereport.com slash VOTA22, V-O-T-A for voice of the title agent. So the titlereport.com slash VOTA22 and go ahead and download. And put a save the date for February So when we're working on our 2023 Voice of the Title Agent, you take the time to fill out the survey. Yeah, we want to add everyone's voices to the Voice of the Title Agent survey. So Erica, it's always a great bunch of insights. I look forward to devouring it every year. And thank you for uh, walking us through it. Absolutely. And thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you, Erica, for helping us frame the results from the annual Voice of the Title Agent survey. Listener, Erica has generously provided a free copy of the survey for you, and it's linked in today's show notes. Change is definitely afoot out there, folks, so stay flexible and curious so you can adapt. Remember that for the buyers who walk through your doors for closings today, 
that they are experiencing a home affordability index that has dropped an average of $150,000 from what they could have purchased just last December. So if they're still going through with it, they're committed. So give them a high five for not sitting it out. And never forget to value your role as a clarifier and guide for others during turbulent times. Because what you do really matters. <laughs>